Hello and welcome everyone to our Hope Story Circle with the Peace Alliance. And welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance and I'm joined to facilitate today by Liz Gannon Graydon, who is also on our board, and Yelena Popovich, who is our Teaching Peace in Schools lead. And I'm so happy to see everyone here today. All these faces are popping in and it's so lovely to see. Our special guest today is Paula Schwartz. And Paula is a longtime friend of mine. And Paula, if you could just unmute yourself for a moment. There she's coming. Hi, everyone. My Paula, you know, it's, I mean, you have a, a rich history doing a lot of things. You were in television production and film production, and, and now you're in insurance, but you also have quite a storied and, and celebrated <laughs> history with the Toastmasters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Toastmasters, I mean, what they have like levels of achievement, right? Yeah, you start off, um, you know, I left quite a while ago, but yes, you can go you work your threat way making 10 speeches at a time. And once you finish that 10 speech cycle, you move up and you get ribbons and awards and then you can get into the leadership of it. And uh, it's, quite, uh, it's quite an organization if you're someone who is looking to get up your confidence. It's a very friendly, kind place to, to get started. That's wonderful. Speaking. Yes. That's terrific. I, I, I was, I remember when you graduated one level and we, and Paul and I came to see it and it was so great. Yeah. Really fun. So um, you have a really special personal story to tell. I'm really looking forward to having you share it with everyone. But first let's have Yelena get us all grounded in a meditation. Yelena. Welcome everybody. Um, good morning, good afternoon. Um, welcome to all that are listening on the podcast. Um, yeah, if you just want to take a moment um, to ground, to just feel perhaps um, your sit bones in the seat if you're sitting, and maybe just feeling the ground, the floor, the earth beneath you, connecting. And just connecting with your senses, you might want to check what is the temperature noticing any warmth or coolness. Or perhaps attuning to sounds that you are hearing. Or maybe now it's the time to connect with the movement of your breath. I invite us to center and 
three different directions from back to front. And kind of centering on our back. It's part of our body that we don't always feel. So I invite you to just notice and feel your back. Your lower back, your upper back, and then back in a very symbolic sense of connecting and calling in your ancestors, people that came before you, people that have your back. Just allow moment of connection with all that came and all those that came before you. And then take a moment to just center in your center perhaps that is feeling your heartbeat your breath your core and centering the now And perhaps now center in the front with just a sense what is in front of you. And you may want to open your eyes for a moment and just look beyond the screen to see what is in front of you. Maybe you see things from the ancestors from your back showing up in front too. So what is in front of you? And slowly, perhaps closing your eyes and maybe just inviting centering on purpose. What matters to you? What is your intention? for being here right now. And I invite you to offer an intention of connection and listening to Paula. Welcome, Paula. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. 
Once upon a time, it was 2020, once upon a time, there was a pandemic. Once upon a time, I traded resolutions, goals, and action lists for quarantine, solitude, and silence, which is how I found myself last year, a few days before Christmas, sitting under a tree with three ghosts. The moon shone a pearly light through wispy clouds. The night was chilly and the branches were bare. And I am making all of this up. I was actually at my desk writing about these three spirits who, though born from my imagination, are as real to me as the ground that I walk upon. I don't know what I would have what would have happened to me last year if I hadn't met them. I had been excited for 2020. I knew that it would be a difficult year, but I also felt it held so much possibility for good. Even the balance of the number two twos and two zeros gave me hope. After four years of watching America tilt toward fascism and four years of simultaneously watching in amazement the millions of my fellow citizens who rose up to fight it, I was exhausted, amazed, angry, and encouraged. I was also ready to bring the fight for social justice to the center of my life, whatever the consequences, enough was enough. The whole thing for me had been building up since I was a kid. My parents never shielded me from the fact of man's inhumanity to man. I knew that I had relatives on my father's side of the family who had died in the Holocaust. And I watched with my parents, the civil rights movement of the 1960s unfold on television. Social justice, systemic racism, call it what you like, had messed with my head and weighed down my heart for years. Even at six, I could not fathom why any group of people will want to hurt another group of people. It made no sense to me. Still, its presence overwhelmed and angered me. And so I ran away from it, pushing the frightening feelings it engendered deep inside me down further for decades. A battle began in my head, half of me longing to be a part of the solution and half of me longing for safety. The split led to painful shyness, panic attacks and bouts of anxiety. But in 2016, things had changed. I made up my mind to aggressively confront the warring forces inside of me. And four years later, things were looking up. Now, 2020, with its promising symmetry, was on its way and I had a plan. I was gonna drag my introverted, please don't make me go to the Women's March Again self to the places where my big hearted, democracy loving brethren were gathering at last. I would allow myself to be a small part of the effort to organize the sustained outrage of millions of Americans into a more just world. 2020 would be the year I would pivot to openness, connection, and community. And then came COVID. Overnight, I became one of millions trapped at home, isolated and hypervigilant. I spent hours monitoring the news, watching a president abandon his citizens to a lethally efficient superpowered pathogen as bodies piled up outside hospitals. When I wasn't terrified, I was volcanically angry. Time, silence, and grief enclosed me. Soon I numbed and froze, split from my emotions. But eventually, I was able to grieve and accept. Life as we knew it had left the building. I asked the creator to protect my 90-year-old mother and then got to work trying to keep both of us safe 
from the virus without letting our isolation endanger our physical and mental health. My vision for 2020 floated, floated away on the newly affected, infected air. Now I'm a lucky person. Only once in my life did events prove too much for me. Some people call it clinical depression. Others call it the dark night of the soul. I just felt like I was living in a hole in the ground. Fortunately, I had help, some of it from some odd places like my imagination. It sent me what I now refer to as visitors, kind, patient spirits that sat with me in my despair. Sometimes they told me fantastic tales of faraway magical realms. Other times they would bring me my buried pain, assure me that it wasn't the monstrous enemy I believed it to be, and together we would begin to tend the wounds underlying it. When COVID came, I needed their care again, but I was too distracted to even recollect them. Chronic stress had wiped my brain. I needed to stay calm and protect my mother. Nothing else mattered. Least of all, my feelings. I knew that I was lucky. I had a roof over my head and I had food to eat. Besides, my imagination had been yanked into a, into a world of brain-eating news cycles, lying leaders, and sleep-deprived scientists. Any distraction from the threat at hand could prove fatal to the vulnerable people around me. This was no time for conjuring fanciful beings come to sit at my bedside and entertain me until George Floyd died. The footage of Jarek Chauvin's knee on Mr. Floyd's neck enraged me and the thousands of young protesters who took to the streets lit me up with joy. I looked at George Floyd's image painted on murals across America and bowed my head in grief. I looked at Derek Chauvin's face, his expression one of ghoulish self-assurance as he leaned on Mr. Floyd's neck and the numbness I'd felt before came back. I dreamt of my grandmother telling me about her sister who had died at Auschwitz. I dreamt of Martin Luther King's funeral. I stopped sleeping. Desperate for rest, I unashamedly craving escape from reality, I picked up a book of beloved old fairy tales. I felt foolish for reading them, but it turned out there was a method to my madness. My nightly readings send a message to my COVID infected imagination. The war inside of me had to end. My soul was tired. It was time for me to bring my past and my present together, but it wasn't going to do it this wasn't going to happen with to-do lists and action plans. I needed a different sort of help. And so they came like the ghosts in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, a trio. The first was a little girl in a plaid dress with a long braid down her back, the me that sat for her school photo in 1968. She showed up first on my morning walks. Then she started sitting in the car with me. At night, she would sit at the end of my bed reading a book. I asked her why she had come and if there was anything I could do for her. And I did not get an answer for weeks until one day I was in the back of the house cleaning out a room when she appeared. She came out of the closet with a picture of my grandmother 
and her siblings and all their spouses and all their children. My father with a bowl shaped haircut and lace up shoes sat at her feet. Most of the family had left Hungary long before Hitler had appeared on the scene, but their oldest sister, Serena, along with her husband and children had not. I looked at the photo, remembering the day my grandmother told me of her death. I shook my head embarrassed that I had forgotten her. My little self watched me and then sat down on the dusty daybed and finally spoke up. I know you thought I was afraid of those people, she said, the ones that killed Aunt Serena. I know you thought I wanted to get far, far away from them, but I didn't. All I wanted to do was fight their hatred. With that, she was gone, leaving me and the photograph behind. I went into the closet and looked at all those boxes of old family pictures, sat down and started going through them. I was, of course, looking for my Aunt Serena. I went through every box twice. I asked my mother about anybody I didn't recognize or who wasn't accounted for in a note scrawled on the back of each photo. Serena wasn't there. By then, summer had arrived and Los Angeles was getting hit with high COVID case numbers. Be ready for a hard winter, the doctors warned us. I had tried summoning my Aunt Serena by talking to her for weeks. I want you to know that I know who you are. Your sister Rose was my grandmother. She told me about you and your family. I want you to know I remember you and I wish that I had met you, but no answer came. Not from Serena, not from my little seven-year-old, not from anyone. Laying in bed one night close to my birthday in August, I suddenly felt the fool. Asking a ghost for acknowledgement and comfort, how childish, how selfish. It was time to stop, but still, I had one more thing I needed to say to her. I looked up at the ceiling and I said, I just want to know if there's anything I can do for you. And then I finally fell asleep. She must have been listening to me because she came at last to see me around Labor Day. I was sitting out in the patio on a hot Southern California night listening to the crickets calling. She was beside the gardenia bush, her dark hair in a braid piled up on top of her head with the same expectant impish expression her sister, my grandmother, often wore as if to say, well, what have you got to say for yourself? I wanted to know if there was anything I could do for you. I blurted out loudly. The crickets stopped singing. My aunt paused and she raised an eyebrow and she frowned. You are unkind to yourself, she said, too hard. You wanna do something for me? Be nice to yourself. Look in the mirror and see a human being instead of a renovation project. You and I are made from the same substance. When you harm yourself, you harm me. When you set at your soul, you set at my soul. This work that you wish to do depends on you seeing all people as humans. You cannot leave yourself out of that and expect to succeed. She left me with tears in my eyes and an awful lot to think about. The crickets, meanwhile, took up their song. By the time my final visitor came, though, they were gone. The last person to pay me a visit was my dad. 
he came in October on his birthday without me calling him at all, probably because he knew that we always had his favorite black and white cookies in the house on that day. Always a joker, preferring gravity, preferring laughter to gravity. I expected him to tell me a funny story and no doubt he would be right in doing so. I desperately needed a laugh, but instead he looked at me with his kind eyes and offered up this, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. My father, the anti-religious, atheist hardliner had quoted me from the Talmud, the central text of rabbinic Judaism. When I pointed out the irony in that to him, he smiled the same smile as the little seven-year-old girl. Maybe so, he said, but it's worth keeping in mind. And with that, he was off. I repeated those words so many times last winter when Los Angeles became the epicenter of the COVID outbreak until 2020 and the grip, of the vi the grip that the virus had on my hometown both came to an end as did the battle inside of me. Thanks to my ghostly relatives, I have embraced my family's history as my own and can at last say out loud that I am a descendant of people who were murdered by racism. And so I am forever connected to George Floyd and all victims of racial violence. To paraphrase my aunt Serena, when they are harmed, I am harmed. When their soul is set upon, my soul is set upon. It is a cruel connection, but perhaps that is what gives it such power and durability, strong enough to serve as foundation for the hope and the battle for justice the world over. I thank my ghostly family for leading me to that understanding and for helping me realize all I ever wanted to do was fight hatred. I thank them for holding on to me when the enormity of the world's grief could have easily taken me down. I am walking into 2021 a whole human, better prepared to face whatever the future holds for all of us. I pray that the spirits of my seven-year-old self, my Aunt Serena, and my dear father will be there always to guide me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paula. I'm getting some applause up there, I see on the screen from different people. Um, that was a beautiful story. Yelena, Liz, would one of you like to share, frame an inquiry for people before we go to the breakout rooms? Yeah, I'm just taking a pause and um, being with Paula's words. Thank you for... Um, Thank you for your wisdom, Paula, from the wisdom of your ancestors. Um, and that brings us to an inquiry that I think it's um, kind of relates to this. If you were to go back in time at any point of your life and tell yourself one thing, what would that be? Or perhaps is there something that you have heard or long to hear in this moment from one of your ancestors or your younger self, what would that be? So, um, yeah, I think those are the 
cookies and um, I can put them in a chat or you are already doing that, <laughs> Terry. I got it. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. So um, I'm going to stop the recording now and we'll start it again when we come back from the breakout rooms. Welcome back, everyone. So nice to see all the faces pop back in. So I think that that was probably a good time to share. We had new people join each group throughout the time you were together. So I'm interested in hearing what's alive for you. What is bubbling up for you? Does anyone want to share what came out of that session together? You can unmute yourself and speak. Well, one thing, and I, I was new to my group, and unfortunately, I didn't hear everybody, but I'm, I'm Laura Leonard. But what I, I loved, and I think Annette said this, um, was to, to where we're, you know, on that journey to remember who we really were to begin with, who, who we were, the love, the light. Um, and that was Carolyn. Oh, Carolyn said that? Yeah. Oh, Carolyn, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, anyway, I, I loved, I loved how you phrased it. I love that, that little story you gave, with, you know, the lips and just so beautiful. And it kind of was what, what I was kind of saying, you know, that I was trying to, you know, go back to knowing that. And yes, I'm going to share that part. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. That is beautiful. It's, it's, we often forget who we were to begin with. I think that Paula's story of telling the little seven-year-old herself to show up was a real remembrance of that. Who else would like to share? You can unmute yourself. Um, this is Annette. Go ahead, Annette. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say that when Paula read her beautiful story, and thank you for that, I gasped audibly when you said that your aunt told you to be kinder to yourself because when you hurt yourself, you're hurting her. And that, I really think, opened my mind to how I can change because I'm always hard on myself. And if I can now remember that my ancestors are affected by what I do to myself, it will help me to be even more loving to myself, which will help me to be more loving to the universe. So thank you for that. That was such a great share. And I'm done speaking. That's wonderful. Thank you, Annette. We, we focused on three words in, in my group, awareness, appreciation, and application. And I garnered those, gathered those to share based on the knowing of my past and the, the story that we heard and how we all share in common the need for awareness of our stories, appreciation of the lessons that we get from our stories, from our ancestors, from our legacies, and then application in any way that we want to of what our stories teach us to carry forward and use in a daily way. Mm. So thank you for the opportunity to listen and learn. Thank you. That was beautifully said. Thank you. 
Thank you. Would anyone else like to share anything that's bubbling up for you? Jenna, I think you're on mute. I just clicked a button to ask you to unmute. You did it before when you were in the big room with us. There you go. Yes, I'm sorry, Terry. I'm unable okay. to access how to unmute myself by myself. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, I would like to share. I was with Anna Barker in her group in the breakout room, and we were sharing our collective stories of our ancestors and one thing that came up, I really appreciated what she had said about awareness, appreciation, and application. And I think that another thing I added to that is education from my story is education and how that can create, um, you know, it creates basically a, a more, compa more compassionate understanding um, learning community and it can light the way for different things so it can light the way for new knowledge new understanding new application of uh just i guess principles things like that wonderful thank you yeah education is so important right we have to keep our minds open and continuous learning is an adventure itself. Kathy, can you unmute yourself? There you go. Yes. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I was in a beautiful group and I know any, any of y'all that I would have been in a group with would have been beautiful. Um, one of the things that I wish I had been told was that I would find my community. And I certainly have found that uh, in the Peace Alliance. So, and I uh, discovered that after everybody in our group shared, it's like, oh, this is my community. This is my heart. Mm. You know, this is where I find compassion, empathy, uh, beauty. So that's what I wish I would have been told. Thank you. Yeah, community is so important, especially during this past year, you know, plus that we've all been so separate. Um, we found new technological ways of creating community and it's, um, it's been a real treasure in many ways to be able to do this. I know that I speak for myself, but I think also for Yana and Liz that we really treasure these hope story circles and value the time that we share together. It's very nourishing. Would anybody else like to share? If time for one more, maybe. Or if you're not inspired, that's fine. Paula, before we hand it off to, to I'm gonna put some links in the chat and then hand it off to Liz to close. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share? I'd just like to say thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, it's, this is a lovely, lovely group. I, I had a wonderful time. A wonderful oh, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. All right, well, I'm going to put some links in the chat um, about the Peace Alliance. The Peace Alliance, our mission is to empower civic action for a culture of peace. 
and the um, website is there. Also the website for the link to the podcasts, which are piece on podcasts are right now. What's happening? We're recording it. And some may be listening through that medium. Also linked to the page on our website about the Hope Story Circle. And also um, this coming Tuesday, we have our national monthly call. And Kathy Kidd, who just spoke, is our host. And um, the link to register for that is in the chat. And for those of you who are on the podcast, you can go to our calendar of events on the website. I'll post the link for that in the chat as well. And the registration link is on the calendar of events. So you can find everything on the website and the calendars where you can also find what our next Hope Story Circle is from the second and fourth Saturday of every month. So we hope to see you again. Liz, would you like to wrap it up for us? Yeah, I would. As I was listening to your stories and Paula, thank you so much for your story. Um, there, were, there were two things I wanted to share. I, um, I recognize some of your early story, Paula. My father was, those of you who've been on long have heard me talk about my father. My father was a college professor and a civil rights activist in the 60s. And he taught me, he was just the best man that I knew. And in the last, he, he was the one that taught me about beloved community and that it was my job to help create beloved community. And then in the seven or eight years before he passed, he developed Alzheimer's. And there were times I would visit him every Sunday and there were times I would visit him and I would see glimpses of him and times when I knew he wasn't quite there. And I was visiting him once because he really was my greatest teacher. And one time when I was visiting him, I said to him, Daddy, do you wish you could return from where you keep sinking or, or are you okay going where you seem to be going? He said, I think I'm okay going where I seem to be going. And I said to him, then can I ask you a favor? And he said, sure. I said, while you're with me now, is there one last lesson that you can teach me before you kind of go away? And I'll just do a little parenthesis here. I had had in the last week, the week before that visit, a falling out with some people that I have worked with. And my dad knew nothing about this, right? And I was trying to figure out how to move my way through this. And he said to me, yes. I said, what? And he said, you messed up with those women. And I said, what do you mean? He said, when you walk out your front door, you are always willing to walk through the storm. He said, not everyone can walk through the storm with you. He said, you need to figure out who will walk through the storm with you. And I said, okay. And I held that. And in early 2018, my dad passed. And later on that year, I was really, really working on how do we create beloved community? Like you said, Paula, I was seeing all this discord around us. I was seeing all this fighting and all these um, difficulties. And I was waiting at a bus stop near my home and I was by myself. And to this day, I don't remember if I said it out loud or in my head, but I looked up, you know, to heaven, I said, dad, I wish you were still with me because I need you to teach me one more lesson. And I need you to teach me how I can just absolutely act from unconditional love. And instantaneously in my whole head with a voice that I recognize as my father's, he said, I never taught you anything else. 
And he was right, you know, and, and Paula, so when I was listening to your story first last night and, and today it moved me and I really thought about how um, important it is to us con to connect, right? In love to the people now, of course I knew my father but there are so many people we never knew. And I, what I've been doing in my journey in the last year is understanding that there are these kind of ancestors who not only are there to help us, they wanna help us and they can connect us. And ever since then, when I needed anything, I just kind of put it out there to my dad and I say, anything you want to show me? And I, and I do always kind of see a signpost. So I'm so thankful to you, Paula, for opening all of us to this story and um, reminding me how important it is to connect with that. And as we go through these kind of these next two weeks until we meet again, um, I just hope you take that in your heart, right? To look for the signposts, to ask your questions, to know that the answers are there and to look for the ways in which kind of these beautiful friendly spirits that are around us, whatever form they take for us, kind of might be willing to help us. Um, so I'd like to leave you with that. I wanna say as always, thank you to Terry and Yelena for hosting with us and Paula, thank you for your story. And thank you for all you beautiful friends, whether you this is the first time here or you're regularly uh, coming. We hope you join us again because there is something very powerful and beautiful that unfolds every week as we connect here. So thank you. Feel free to go off mute so you can say goodbye and bless you. Yeah. Happy, and happy Mother's Day. Exactly. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.